Part 1. The Call of Surrendering Chapter 1. The Loss of My Friend I have to be honest, I have put off writing this chapter for three weeks now. It's not because I'm scared to face it or due to me not knowing what to write. Writing this chapter is like being told you need to reopen a wound that didn't really heal well in the first place. I have never publicly spoken about this and it's not something many people in my life know about except for my immediate family and some close friends. Here we go. It was in my first year of university that I met my friend. I went to a Christian private university. I found my time in school very challenging. It wasn't the school's fault or even my peers, I just never really knew how to be around so many Christians on a consistent basis. Before university, I went to a public high school, worked at a YMCA, and a grocery store. Hanging out with people who didn't follow Jesus was something I was very used to. Going to a Christian university, learning from Christian professors, living in a Christian dorm, working in a Christian cafeteria, and studying with Christian students was for me a bit too Christian. I do look back at my days in university fondly, but let's be honest, there's a lot of things Christians say and do that can be weird. My friend wasn't one of the weird guys I met while in school. He was kind, soft-spoken, wise, and in love with Jesus. I remember one night a group of friends and I decided we'd go downtown Toronto and hang out with some people who were living on the streets. My friend came with us and we got to hang out with some cool people. At the end of the night, we ended up getting late night shawarmas, wraps. One of the guys that was with us shared some of his struggles with understanding truth and the Bible. I'll never forget my soft-spoken friend looked at this guy and with confidence and wisdom assured him that God can be trusted and that God loved him and the other people we met that night on the street. It was a couple of weeks later that I started to notice a change in my friend. It wasn't anything specific, it was more of a hunch than anything else. I discussed this with some of my peers and they reassured me that my friend was okay. I remember specifically being told, he's fine Josiah, he's 24 years old, in his fourth year of Bible school and is going to be a pastor. If something's wrong, he would speak up. You're 18 years old, stay out of it. I remember walking away thinking, wow, these people don't know what it's like to go through hard things. I decided I was going to talk to my friend the next time I saw him. It wasn't until Wednesday night, three-hour class, when I saw him. I remember approaching him moments before class and asking if we could talk, and he said no. I then stepped into class with him. I cannot tell you one word that was being said in that class, nor what the course was actually on, but what I can tell you is the thought that kept ringing over and over in my head that first hour and a half before break was, you need to talk to friend's name. As soon as the professor let us go on break, I ran over to my friend and said, listen, we are going to talk. We went for a walk to a private place and I asked him what was going on. He shrugged and stayed silent. I kept asking questions. He kept shrugging. I then said, friend, there must be something I can do for you. He then looked up from the floor and with the most innocent eyes asked me if I could pray for him. I said, of course, and I put my hands on his shoulders. As soon as my hands touched his shoulders, I don't really know how to explain it, but I'll try to. Essentially, every thought and feeling I had ever had about suicide came rushing back over my body. I began to pray against the lies that were being told to my friend. I prayed about the truth that he knew, that God loved him, he wasn't a mistake, he hadn't been forgotten. You have to remember, in this moment, I had no clue what was actually going on with my friend. 
He had never told me he struggled with depression or suicidal thoughts. I simply placed my hands upon him and prayed based off the intense feeling I was having when my hand was on him. After praying what for what felt like five minutes, I opened my eyes and took a step back. To my surprise, I saw my friend with tears in his eyes approaching me. He gave me a huge hug. I hugged him and held him so tightly in my arms. I said, listen, you don't have to talk to me, but you need to talk to someone, even a school counselor, about what's going on. You know my story. You know I've been there. If you keep this in, it will destroy you. He looked at me and said, thank you. Can we talk after class? I replied, of course. That last hour and a half of class felt like an eternity as I wrestled in my mind with what I should do. The class ended and I ran over to my friend and said, let's talk. As we walked, he at first was silent. He then paused as we walked up the stairs to the dorm room and looked at me and said, I just don't understand how God could love me. He then asked me to continue to pray for him and I said I would. He told me he had schoolwork he had to do and that he needed space, so we went our separate ways. Later that night, I went to a gathering at the school where people were worshipping Jesus. To my surprise, I saw my friend in the back row of the sanctuary, on his knees with his hands held high, worshipping Jesus. I remember feeling a great sense of release, thinking that God was comforting him. After the service, I went over to him and asked how he was doing. He said to me, I'm doing better, but I'm not well. Please keep praying for me. I told him I would and I gave him a hug and went back to my dorm room to bed. The next day there was a big event going on at the school in celebration of Halloween. After the celebration I took a megabus ride home to Niagara to see my parents. It wasn't until the following evening I was having dinner with my family that I received a text from a student from the school. Have you heard about friend's name? I replied no. He then sent me a six word text. Words can't describe the devastation I felt in my heart as I read, He is dead. He killed himself. I immediately got up from the table, ran downstairs to my bedroom, shut the door, and wept. My parents, not having any idea what was going on, came downstairs one at a time. As I tried to explain what happened, I quickly ran out of words and just stayed silent. Once it was time for bed, my parents decided that it would be better for me to sleep in the bedroom beside theirs, just in case I needed them. I will never forget shutting the door of the room and locking it. As I approached the end of the bed, I knew what I had to do. I dropped to my knees. I had no words, thoughts, or even feelings. I simply dropped to my knees for five minutes. As I picked myself up from the end of the bed, I remember saying to God, I surrender. I have no idea how I'm going to get through this with you. But I know I can never get through this without you. For the first time in my life, I literally fell asleep weeping and woke up crying immediately. It was far from over my journey with how to get through such a thing. There are many prayers of frustrations and to be really honest, moments of straight up rage. But I knew that ultimately God had my heart and even though I never really got an answer to my questions, I knew I could still trust him. To be clear, this took a long time. I saw a counselor for a while. I tried not to get too close to anyone for about a year after this happened. Surrendering everything to Jesus doesn't mean life will get easier. It doesn't mean that God is going to rescue you from every tragedy that comes your way. It doesn't mean that God is going to answer you when you go through unspeakable things. But what it does mean is that God will never leave you. He is not afraid of your rage, your doubts, or your fears. 
He invites you to wrestle with him. I promise you, God takes no pleasure in seeing you have pain or having you wrestle with him. It's like that famous scene from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when Will is yelling at Phil because of his father's abandoning him. At the end of his yelling, Will begins to cry and Phil simply embraces him. This embrace is one I wish I could say I felt through the entire time I was mourning my friend and processing what happened. But I can't. I can say there were clear moments during my mourning where I felt that embrace, though it was brief. Sometimes surrendering and following Jesus is a choice that we have to make, regardless of what we feel, think, or want.